Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, brought to you by Masterclass. And today, we are talking to Penn at his home. We're at, it's Christmas Eve when we're recording this, and we're at Penn's house. And we're going to talk a little bit about the USO tour. We're going to talk a little bit about his not board. He had a, quite a trip, and uh, we had to make sure we get it all down on wax, as they say. And here he is, preaching the love, Penn Gillette. Yeah, Penn Gillette brought to you, brought to you by Masterclass. That's important. We all know how great Masterclass is for lifelong learning. Oh, yeah. Which we care about. Yeah. We care about a lot. Lifelong learning. They have a great offer. It's still on. I mean, we're recording this Christmas Eve. Right. And uh, even the week between Christmas and New Year's, the offer is still on. It's a, it's a two-for thing. It's like but, they respect that we're atheists and we kind of celebrate the New Year more than, than the yeah, holidays. Yeah. Like. So it's, it's, uh, it's cool they're keeping the offer on. <laughs> so we're going to talk now, I think mostly, about the USO. Because I just did a um, tour of the USO. Right. And before I went on the tour of the USO, I didn't know where I was going. And now that I've finished the tour of the USO, I don't know where I was. <laughs> so before you were spoiling where you were going. Yeah. And now you, you, now you don't know where you went? I, I went, uh, I started out in England. Okay. I know that. In Cambridge. Okay. And there's a, there's a Smart military there. base near there. Okay. Then I went to Finderway. Mm-hmm. Sure. Then I, then I went to Eisterstan. Your percentage of sure that you went to Denjumland. I'm sure I went. Ostumark. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, within the usual rounds of I might just be a brain in a jar mm-hmm. and all these memories. <laughs> within Fabricated, that, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is becoming more and more likely the brain in the jar thing. Really? Yeah. Because uh, I, don't, I don't think this shit's real. But anyway, I was in- <laughs> Germit Nam. But I was in- Nether Gascar. Okay. You know, there's a scene in Hard Day's Night, I think, where- one of the Beatles says, I've been a plane in a room and a car in a room and a room and a room. It was kind of like that. Uh-huh. It was, um, the whole thing was psychedelic pandemonium. I got to tell you right now. And then I was in Cape Norvis, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you know this, that's a country. Then I was in uh, Germany. That's a country. Okay. That's where I was. Now, um, how many shows did you do? Like none, like five. Five. They were 25 minutes long. That's what we're going to get to. Okay. So it's completely nuts because, uh, and I want to make sure, I, I got to say this to start out with because um, this is really important. I don't want it sound petulant or unpleasant okay. or ungrateful mm-hmm. because it was a good thing full stop. Right. Although after you say full stop, you're not supposed to say, I get other stuff to say. But, right, and but doesn't everything that comes before it, so you want to say it was a good thing. 
Right. So now here's some things that worth noting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. So um, we finished up our shows in Boston. Okay. First of all, let's talk about my jacket. Okay. Oh, okay. You, you got a USO jacket? No. Uh, yes. That's not important. Okay. I didn't wear my USO jacket. The USO jacket was a windbreaker with an inner lining. Yes. Now, if there's one thing people know about me, the first thing on Wikipedia is I hate zip outlinings. <laughs> <laughs> ben Gillette is most known. Famous. Yeah. Yeah. For, for hating zip outlinings. Yeah. Yeah. Next so New York I, Times bestselling author. I went to Green, yeah, I went to Greenfield, Massachusetts, home of my youth. Yes, and um, we went to my home that I still own there, but someone else lives there. Yeah, which is the definition of every house in America, <laughs> <laughs> except for the owning part, but someone else living there. And my knot board. You've heard about my famous knot board. Yes, I will send that picture to yes. Patreon people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see the knot board. I picked up, I get so much to talk about, I can't even get to the stuff I want to talk about. But I was walking around Greenfield, freezing my nutsack off. You know the texture of the decorative balls you hang on your Christmas tree? Yeah. Those kind of glass orbs? Yes. That is what my ball sack was like. If you'd come over and just flick my ball sack, like you often do in a friendly way. Yeah, yeah. Just a yeah. little flick with the middle finger. Yeah. It would have been... <laughs> just crumbling. Just crumbling ball sack. Or permanent dent. Yeah. I, no permanent dent because it breaks. It would be shattering. My ball sack was... My ball sack was bitter. No, brittle. 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 And bitter. Sure. I mean, to the taste. We'll get to the taste later. <laughs> so I got to Boston... Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, after being in New England. I had a great time. I went up to Vermont, visited my friend Elliot on his maple farm. Uh. It was all wonderful. One, I sat in front of a fire with blazing internet. Ooh. Oh, it was just perfect. An easy chair with a fire and my computer on my lap with internet. I'm happy as a pig in shit. Which I don't think pigs are that happy and shit, but that's not important. Let's happy as a clam. Clams are also not happy. Mm -hmm. I was happy as me in front of a fire yeah. with blazing internet. So I got to Boston. Man, it was cold. Now, at this point, I'm obviously not wearing my USO because it had the zip out lining. Right. It made me fucking nuts. But I'm wearing a couple sweatshirts. Well, I, I was I was just I was here when you when you left. Yeah. You saw me with my And you uh, took out the lining. with a fit of peak. <laughs> you took out the lining. I was angry. Just a raincoat. Right. And you saw that um that Emily was yeah. trying to force me to take the lining. She, I saw her take several tactics to try to get yeah. you just to trick you. And finally I put my foot down. I said, Fuck this shit. I'm not taking the lining. Yeah. You saw, then I ran away. Yeah, you said, if someone sees me cold, they'll give me something. Yeah. And they, she said, they already did. They gave you <laughs> this jacket. And your response was, no, no, no. They know who they hired. <laughs> that was your response. <laughs> and then I you do, left without the lining. I do rely on the kindness of strangers, <laughs> perhaps more than a guy should. <laughs> so I got to Boston. Yeah. And the first day I get to Boston, I got in at night with my knot board. My knot board, by the way, is just the only thing I've ever accomplished in my life. <laughs> um, it's the only thing that I unequivocally feel proud of. Yeah. 
when I was in Troop 5, where I was close to being an Eagle Scout, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't do the religious stuff. But um, the reason I was close to being an Eagle Scout was not community service or, um, or we'll talk about this, esprit de corps. Yeah. It was not for any of that reason. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> but I was a merit badge machine. That I, does not surprise me at all. I got merit badges like they were going out of style. They've been out of style since 1940. <laughs> I got, I got, let me t- tell you how merit badge crazy I was. I was in Greenfield, Massachusetts, 130 miles from the coast. Yeah. I got my oceanography merit badge. <laughs> I get astronomy merit badge. I get cooking merit badge. We've all heard the story of me burying the sterno. <laughs> to, to che- I cheated for a lot of the merit yeah, badges. Yeah, yeah. Which is part of the um, part of a violation of the scout code. It's good I was an eagle. A scout is trustworthy. His honor is to be trusted. Is to violate his honor. I memorized that yeah. in one of the ceremonies. So I made a knot board. And oh, it's good. It's Dynamo Label Maker. You'll see it on the way out because you're at the house now. Yeah, yeah. Dynamo Label Maker says knots. Also, in rope, it says knots. Every All the ends are burned, and it's shellacked. Wow. And I tie like 12 different kinds of knots, okay. which I believe I tied once in my life, and they're there on that board. <laughs> it's really good. And I finished it. It's on a piece of wood, and I have never made anything in my life that was successful. So I have maybe an inordinate amount of pride in this knot board. Here's what fascinates me about this knot board. Uh It was was found in the garbage? Well, let's be a little kinder. Um, Raven Patrol, Mm -hmm. Troop 5, Mm -hmm. had a clubhouse down on, um, on, uh, which was kind of Lover's Lane. It's where I went and parked my car to have sex. There's also a scout troop. Do they still give a badge for that? No. Once I I started having sex, scouts were a distant memory. (laughs) Scouts are something to do till you start fucking. Right. So I was done with scouts. They should they should put that on the brochure. <laughs> <laughs> something to do till you start fucking. Your child's not fucking yet. Get him in the, the scouts. scouts. Yeah. Let him gather up some merit badges before he starts eating pussy. Um. That it says that. <laughs> Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Can you believe I can do that? Yeah. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Of that list, yeah, I am not two of those. For sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, not helpful, and I'm not reverent. Does it bother you that you know of it, or do you, do, do you proud that you still know it? I don't know. It's just in there. So I went to a, a funeral last weekend, and... um. They did a church ceremony, mm-hmm. and like I still had all the prayers in my oh, brain. Yeah, yeah I that, can do the Lord's Prayer. Right. I can do the uh, doxology. And I was not, I was like, oh, why is this still in my brain? Yeah, but the scouts are not, although they are. Um, <laughs> they, they share one distinct similarity with the Catholic Church. Believing in God? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shielding child molesters. Shielding, well, that, those are the same thing. <laughs> I was not molested in the scouts. The scouts were good to me. Good. Except we had that little religious thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, I was uh, reprimanded. I was scribe, which you would think of all the things you would have me do, scribe wouldn't be one. The writer. So I had to take notes on all the meetings, and I took notes. 
And I wrote down accurately what the scoutmaster said in the official log. <laughs> and the scoutmaster was very upset with me. I believe that might have been my last day. Because the scoutmaster would use obscenity. Oh. And I wrote that down. Interesting. I'm so fucking angry, you guys, for not cleaning up, you know. It sounds like this was the troop for you. It was the troop for me, but I... I they I, cursed and didn't molest you. Those are two <laughs> things that you like. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Although I don't know. I, you know. We never get to have a control group in our lives. That's true. So um, I got to uh, Boston. Mm-hmm. I got in that night in a limo with my not born, which I said to the limo driver, this is very precious and valuable. So it sat in a seat by itself, and I looked at it. I, I really am enamored of this not bored. Teller thinks it should be in the lobby of the theater. <laughs> Not even backstage, but in the lobby. Yeah, in the lobby. He thinks people should see that Penn can do something. Because after the show, they're not sure I can do anything. <laughs> Your dad would agree. My dad would agree. He's the one who, he, whenever you didn't juggle on a show, he, he criticized it, right? And, and Rob Pike agreed with him. <laughs> so My this, father said... There's a contingency. The, the, the conversation was, my father said, you should juggle in every show so the audience knows you can do something. <laughs> and I said to him, well, I, I do all the talking in the show. And my dad says, I guess people are impressed you can memorize all that. <laughs> So I said that in order to mock my father yeah. to Rob Pike, yeah. you know, famous computer programmer, right. Google scientist. And Rob said, yeah, he's right. <laughs> Simple as that. The audience should know you could do something. So the knot board fits this. Yeah, it does. Fits it totally. Uh, although I, I had this, I told you it was unequivocal, my love of the knot board. But I, I suddenly, as I was saying that to you, had a misgiving. I think my mom and dad might have helped. They're not bored. Yeah. How much, How good were you with shellacking on your own? I think my dad might have done that. Might have done the shellacking. And were you burning the ends of the ropes? I think my dad might okay. have done that. Okay. Okay. There's another question you're going to ask, and I wince at it. <laughs> Did you tie all those knots? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. I don't remember. I know I can't tie them now. I also... I believe my mom made the labels on her Dynamo label. <laughs> right. But let's let's just pretend that didn't happen. I'm so proud of that. You don't want to take that away from me, do I you? I don't want to take that away from you. I'm curious about I'm curious about the story of the knot board. Okay. And that ended up in the trash. It, it was don't jump to that. <laughs> don't jump to that. That is really uh, that's a misrepresentation. Shut up. <laughs> Whatever you're going to say, don't say it. <laughs> Okay, I, I promise you, I have a, I have a, a curiosity that will surprise you about this knot board. But okay. go ahead. There was a building, Troop Five. <laughs> yes, where there were bunks mm-hmm. and where we stayed at overnight camps mm-hmm. by the lake. Very idyllic, very beautiful. And on this uh, building wall, yeah, inside, yeah, was Pendulette's knot board. Right, and it was there for forty years after I left Scouts. Right, so it was there before you became, before you went to off-Broadway. Before I, before before I was before known, you were known for as, not liking zip-in line. Like before you and Michael Motion won the morning contests? Yes. Okay, so that means it hung. It was Colin Motion, doesn't matter. Colin Motion, I apologize to the Motion family. <laughs> so that means it hung out of merit on the wall. Correct. It it's was good, not on there because good. it was a Penn Jillette. No. 
It was artifact. It was by merit. And then it became, I believe, a curiosity. Yeah. Where they would say, huh, is that that fucker that Broadway? Right. And then, as far as I understand, the troop hall yeah. was torn down. Yeah. And there was a dumpster. The not board, of course, went in the dumpster. Yeah. But with respect. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then this guy named Brickett, mm-hmm. wonderful guy. I don't know what he was doing hanging out at the scout's dumpster. That's never explained. <laughs> but Greenfield, Massachusetts dumpster diver. Yeah. He said, wow, that's a knot board done by Penn Jillette, who his aunt, who his aunt knew in school. This is what I'm curious about. In the dumpster, it was the first time that knot board was recognized for, as belonging to you, famous person, <laughs> Penn Jillette. Before that, it was just a meritocracy yeah. existing of a proper illustration of every knot. Yeah. It was the only, only through the dumpster was it finally, you know, that guy actually is a famous magician. The <laughs> only thing I've done, I was on to make that clear. Yeah. There's nothing, else. in a meritocracy, I am a dishwasher. Right. I mean, I yeah, don't yeah. have any skills. We're going to get to that with USO. No one's ever come up to you after a show and been like, you know, I saw your knot board. <laughs> no one has. No. And then Brickett yeah. held on to the knot board yeah. with somewhere between reverence and indifference. <laughs> I saw where the knot board was in his house, right? Yeah. Just over in the corner. Now, he had no idea how to get in touch with me. Yeah. So he waited until he had a chance meeting, and this I love more than anything. A woman I went to high school with was named Jane Kowalski. Right. She got married. Now she's Jane Smith, (laughs) (laughs) which leads me to believe she married just to get rid of her name. That's very possible. Yeah. She's still in touch with me Mm -hmm. because she's in charge of high school reunions and other stuff. So she has my email address, right? Yeah. She wrote to me and said, casually, uh, this guy named Brickett has your knot board from the scouts. I went apeshit. <laughs> she had no idea there'd be that much excitement from me. Oh, yeah. So she gave me Brickett's address. Mm-hmm. I wrote to him, said, Brickett, this is Pendulette. You want an old-fashioned letter? No, no. Email. Oh, got it. I understand. Brickett, you have my knot board. Yeah. Now, I didn't know whether this was a reverend situation or a hostage situation. <laughs> I didn't know whether he was going to say, yeah, thousand bucks. Yeah. But he said, I believe this knot board should be in its rightful home. <laughs> he could have just sent you a video of like a gasoline trail going towards <laughs> it. <laughs> I drop a match in a half hour. <laughs> yeah. Send a check. So I said, I, I want I, I want that knot board. I want right. I want that knot board. And I said, um, I will pay to get it shipped. Okay? And I put the long-suffering Glenn mm-hmm. in touch with the hero Brickett mm-hmm. in order to have the knot board moved out here. Yeah. This is two years ago. Glenn dropped the ball. Oh. Glenn did not think my knot board was that important. This is this is a tough this is a tough day. The only Glenn has very few blemishes on his record. This is the only blemish on yeah. his record. So I showed up in Greenfield. 
Let's talk about this. I flew into Boston, mm-hmm. took a two-hour limo ride mm-hmm. to uh, Greenfield. Mm-hmm. I get to Greenfield, and I was meeting my nephew, Denny, at Village Pizza, which I love. Right. Village Pizza closed at 10. Mm-hmm. We were on track to get there about 10 of 10. Uh-oh. We were seven minutes from the pizza place. Mm-hmm. I was following it on my tracker. And I had to pee really badly. I did not want to say to my driver, we have to stop for me to pee seven minutes right. before I get into Village Pizza. So I didn't want him to think I was seven years old or 68 years old. The two times you might have to stop to pee when other people wouldn't. So I was going to say, I'm going to arrive at Village Pizza. Denny's going to come out to help me with my luggage and to embrace me. And I'm going to run into Village Pizza to pee. It's going to be embarrassing. Yeah. But I don't want this limo driver to think I'm 68 years old. Right. Then the limo driver said, oh, I I put in the address of the hotel and not the pizza place. I have to change. And I said, oh, pull into this gas station (laughs) and put in your proper coordinates. Since you have. Yeah. And I'll just run in. I'm just going to use the restroom. Yeah. So I went from here to that door into the gas station. Yeah. I went, that's where the restroom was. About 15 feet. About 15 feet. I walked quickly to the restroom and I peed. I did not notice that there were two people behind the counter at the convenience area of the gas station. Uh huh. I came out and they went, Pen! Oh. They saw me for 15 feet. They said, Pen! I turned and they said, Are you Pen? I said, Yes, I am. They said, No, you aren't. <laughs> Damn it. I said, yes. Here was the guy get free Funyuns. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm Penn. And they went, no, you're not. <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I'm Penn. And they went, really? I went, yes. And they went, someone told me you're from Greenfield. I said, I am. They said, no, you're not. <laughs> I said, I, I, I am. I, re- I am. They said, wow, what are you doing here? I said, I'm, I'm from here. They said, really? I said, yeah. They said, you're Penn? I said, yes. They said, can we take pictures? I said, sure. So they came up behind the counter, which I don't think they're allowed to do. Yeah. And they each took a picture with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, nice to meet you. Where? They said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Village Pizza to meet my nephew. And they went, oh, I said, I've been riding a long time. And I thought I had to explain having to pee. Yeah. Because they knew they were seven minutes from Village Pizza. I went out to the limo that had one of these psychedelic conversations. Yeah. Where the guy said, whoa, I saw that through the window. I knew that was going to happen because when I saw you, I was so surprised. I said, you you had had a sign with my name on it. (laughs) He said, what? I said, you you had a sign. This is my argument with TSA. <laughs> if anyone knew I was coming, it's you. <laughs> yeah. Well, also at TSA, they say to me, oh, Penn, great. Great to see you, man. We see, we look at your billboard all day long. Could I see ID? And I say, it's easier to fake the ID than it is to fake the billboards. <laughs> billboards the most expensive fake ID you could possibly manufacture. It's not, not a reasonable fake ID. So here's where it ties together. 
So uh, he goes, whoa. And I go, what well, you, you had? He goes, yeah, yeah. He said, but when I saw you, I said, but you had, you were engaged to do this. You had my name. You were picking up Penn Jillette. He said, yeah. No, no. I just. Uh, <laughs> You're not expressed a proper amount <laughs> of thought processing. <laughs> You can't go pass on this point I just made. <laughs> so immediately, <laughs> I got to Village Pizza, which, by the way, even vegan is great pizza. Good. I got a pizza without cheese. Oh, it's great. Great pizza. I also went, I got special treatment. Yeah. Because I went in there, and they said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to take the pizza with you. And I said, kind of like an officer and a gentleman, we got no place to go. Yeah, yeah. I said, can we just eat here? We won't make a mess or anything. He goes, no, we got to close up. We're done at 10. I said, we got, we're going to take our pizza and eat in the car? He said, we close at 10. I said, okay, no problem. So I was talking to Danny, and then the other guy came out and said, Penn, sit wherever you want. You can have your pizza. Greenfield represent. I turned to Danny and I said, special treatment. <laughs> and then two nights later, I was with my friend Elliot. Yeah. It was 10 minutes of nine, and then we went to the friendlies. I said, we'd like to get a little snack. Friendly's is still open there, huh? Yep. Good for them. They said, uh, we, oh, sorry, we close at nine. You can't sit down. I said, it's, just, it's cold out. Just 10 minutes. We just want to sit. We won't make. And they said, sorry, you can't. Hmm. And I went, oh, okay, okay. We'll just get something to go. We'll walk across to the hotel. They said, okay, sorry. I said, no problem. No problem. Then the manager came out and said, Penn, sit anywhere you want. <laughs> Stay as long as you want. Enjoy friendlies. This is both uh, wonderful that your hometown is treating you this well, and just a reminder what it's like for anyone from Las Vegas to travel anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> where everything closes, and you're like, I just, yeah. I just want to continue the social thing that we always do. I just twenty four hours a sit day. down. I just want to sit down. <laughs> I just want to sit. And then Elliot Freeman said to me, which made me laugh so much. Elliot's known me now for. 49 years? Yeah. Longer than I've been working with Teller. Almost 50 years he's known me. He's a juggler and a maple farmer. And Elliot said to me, wow, I watched how hard you worked for us to stay at this Friendly's. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it's been a long road for you to earn this that we're really enjoying right now. He said, it's, it's really something. <laughs> I said, thank you, Elliot. And he said, look at this. We're just sitting here in friendlies. They're cleaning around us. We're having, we're having snacks. You've done a wonderful thing for us, Ben. Oh. It's all led up to tonight. I said, yes, it has. I said, Broadway, Saturday Night Live, David Letterman, <laughs> Howard Stern, theater in Vegas. What does that get us? Gets us 20 minutes at friendlies. 20 minutes of grace time at friendlies. <laughs> So, so, but this is the interesting thing. After Village Pizza, by the time I get back to my hotel room, yeah, Brickett had written and said, Herger and Greenfield. Oh. And I said, well, how do you know? He said, well, apparently you stopped in the gas station to pee and you're on your way to Village Pizza. He said, that has been posted on the Friends of Greenfield website. Oh my gosh. And he said, everyone knows you're in Greenfield. And I said, whoa, Brickett, can I come pick up my knotboard? He said, whenever you want, 
Wow. So I called up my nephew, Denny, who's but a hunter. But I do close at 10. Who's a hunter. And I said, Denny, bring your guns. We're going to pick up the knot board, and you need to protect it. We could be walking to a trap. I got the knot board back to Boston mm-hmm. in the limo, and I gave it to Glenn and said, maybe now you can take care of it, Glenn, okay? Why don't you get it on the truck now that I've done the hard work? And it got to Vegas. And Aaron, our stage manager, yeah. brought it in and said, is this something you want? <laughs> it's the only thing I want. Aaron's one of the one of the greatest people we've ever worked with. Yeah. She was almost fired after that sentence. <laughs> this is a blemish on, on very unblemishable people. Yeah. It's not perfect people are fucking up around this knot board. It just has too much quality for them to handle. So we got to Boston. We went out the next day, and he said, I'm doing a radio show, right? Yeah. To promote a show that's sold out. Always pisses me off, by the way. Never mind. Uh, I don't mind doing it. Isn't that some people who come see you in Vegas? Yeah, I guess so. Also, the theater likes it. Yeah, yeah. So that show. So we're going to walk like five blocks to the library, which is where the radio show broadcasts from. Yeah. Walk on the street, I go, Jesus Christ, motherfucker, it is so goddamn cold. Jesus, it's cold. I almost froze my ball sack off back in Greenfield. It's so fucking cold. Jesus, I can't fucking stand it. And Glenn says, right now it's 20 degrees colder. In- Gugolia. <laughs> I tell you, the world stopped. It became like the Matrix. I just froze. And the camera went around me, and I said, what? <laughs> he said, right now, I just checked the weather. It's 20 degrees colder. In- Tealand. And we're, we're going to a colder part of Port Ragu. I went, it's impossible to be 20 degrees colder than this. It's impossible. All life stops. All, all atom, atoms don't move. <laughs> and he said, oh, it's colder. And I said, oh, look at that store. There was a store. I, you know, I never go to stores. No. I don't like to buy anything. No. It's a store that featured Canada Goose clothing. Mm. Discounted. Canada. They know what cold is. They do. Yeah. That's what it says on their license plates. <laughs> Canada. We know what cold is. A. I just read an article. That's where all the fentanyl is getting made now because no one wants to go patrol in those areas. So, is that true? Yes. <laughs> Too cold. We're going to talk. If I read an article, I mean a headline. <laughs> So who knows if the article said that or not? <laughs> Would we? Uh, we have so we haven't started. I said the whole show is going to be about the U.S. Yeah, we haven't gotten to it at all. We haven't gotten to but it at all. The knot board was worth the worth a detour. We're not done with the knot board. <laughs> we also have to go to the coat. Then we'll go to U.S. So, but first, let's talk about masterclass. Yes, you know they are responsible. Whoever's listening to this show, they're responsible for you listening to this. Masterclass is a great gift. If you still are buying gifts, and you should be still buying gifts, even though it's Christmas week, you can get a great deal on Masterclass. Masterclass is lifelong learning. They have classes by the best instructors, world-class instructors. Yes. World-class instructors like who, Matt Donnelly? Well, I see Gordon Ramsay. Like me. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, like Penn, like Penn, Penn and Teller. Yeah, not poor. I, I'm not having to do my class on knots. <laughs> <laughs> They'll call. They'll okay. call. After they hear this show. Gordon Ramsay. Yep. Kevin Hart, Amy Poehler, Martha Stewart. Well, have you watched the Amy Poehler yet? I'm going to. I'm after I'm I'm going to renew I'm treating myself to this deal. 
Yeah. This this week, and I'm going to renew my membership and watch the Amy Poehler it's, one. It's so good. Whether you're watching Masterclass on TV and audio mode in an app, the quality of the production is amazing. You know, usually um, learning things aren't produced that well. They just aren't. Right. These are produced so well. It's so comfortable, and you can get a um, membership unlimited access over 180 now we've been saying over 180 masterclass instructors for months now yeah and uh we keep saying they've added them yeah so it must be over 181 it's got to be over let's i think it's safe to say over 181 yeah yeah you heard it here first and what are you looking forward to there's 11 categories over 181 instructors. i just i just saw a daniel pink is teaching one on uh persuasion and Ooh. yeah Ooh. And that sounds really interesting. I also just saw that Noam Chomsky has one, which is oh nice. yeah, he's that'll be really good. Yeah, that that's that'll be a great cool. one. To watch. Anyway, the holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com/pen. Right now, you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com/pen. Masterclass.com/pen. Offer terms apply. And I want to point out that maybe someone gave you a present. Mm-hmm. That you didn't expect to give you a present, right? And you want to reciprocate, yeah. What can be better than this? Yeah, instantaneously fast, and they're guaranteed to love it. Yeah, lifelong learning—it's all that matters. It's all that matters. Masterclass.com/pen. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business, like that. Let's put it online and see what happens. Stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout. Stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. So I went right into the store, which was kind of a shady store. Okay. It said like 60% off real Canada goose. What time was this? 10 in the morning. 10 in the morning, okay. 11 in the morning. It was cold out. And there was a jacket that was silver and to the knees. And when I say to the knees, you know what that means to me? To Oh, to your waist. No. Wait, so to your knees? Yeah. So it'd be to my ankles? Yeah. You know what that means? What? Protects the ball sack. <laughs> and it's all feathery. Now, I didn't stop to think about the vegan aspect of this. Yeah. Shut up. You got nothing to say about this. And I put this coat on. Yeah. It was like walking into a sauna. <laughs> and the guy said, that's the Arctic jacket. Uh-huh. I said, well, I'm going to the Arctic. I'm going to Belladonna and Apple Pay. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone around. The Arctic of Europe. Kind of stopped. 
yeah. and looked at me like puppies watching television. <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm, go- I'm going to the Arctic. I'm going to Neandogway. I want this jacket. And Glenn said, that's Canada Goose. That's a really expensive jacket. And I said, I'll, we'll buy it. And then Emily will resell it. Because they're mugging people for Canada Goose jackets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a market for it. So I'm considering it a rental. Yeah. I had had a hood, made me look like Kenny. Uh, it, uh-huh. uh, it, was, it was just an amazing, amazing thing. Had a hood, came way out in the front, had a, a thing to stop snow from going in. Wow. And also it had these straps on the inside, like knapsack straps. And I thought, what are those for? So I looked it up on the interweb. It's so that you can drop the jacket when you walk into a mall, one of those Arctic malls, and just have it hang off the back of you like a knapsack. Oh, wow. It's so good. That's so a very good. fancy jacket. And I love this jacket so much. I, this probably detracts from the resale value, but I'm not trying to sell it here. So people won't know. This is not being sold as my jacket. They won't know it. But one night in Washington, D.C., yeah. I was cold in my hotel room. And I got up and I put on my Arctic jacket. And slept in it? And slept in it. Like a sleeping bag? Yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. <laughs> I do not want to get rid of this jacket. Right. But I'm going to. You're going to. I'm going to, yeah. Because I'm not going to go to the Arctic. United Fazolatido. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we finished our shows. Mm-hmm. By the way, Denny and his son, who Fun. runs who runs the uh, my nephew, who runs a landscaping thing called Fairview Landscaping. Fairview if landscaping. you're around Greenfield, Massachusetts, go to Fairview Landscaping because my great nephew, the son of my nephew, yeah. who owns the company, he's the biggest thing on earth. Yeah. He is gigantic, and he just lifts up trees, as far as I can tell. That's what the landscaping is. Godzilla comes into your backyard. I need that tree gone. Okay. So he brought their whole landscaping group to the show, the last show in the United States before we went to USO on Sunday, and Denny baked me a vegan apple pie because Denny likes to bake pies. Could you have a better nephew than that? You cannot. And he has, he used to be an apple farmer and work in an orchard. So he knows the three kinds of apples he likes to use for a perfect apple pie. And I came in and I said to the, the landscape, these are guys that work all year in yeah. landscaping, snow removal, tree removal. They work outdoors from six in the morning till six at night every day. He brought his whole crew in about eight people, right? Yeah. I said, look at the jacket I got. They said, now, these are guys who in Boston, when it's sleeting out, they come to see our show, and they are all wearing T-shirts <laughs> because they're not going to be outside working right. for the whole day. Right. They dress warmly when they're going to be outside for seven hours <laughs> in sub-zero temperatures. But to go to a theater right. in Boston, T-shirt. Yeah. You know, they got shoes with no socks. They don't care. Yeah. They get dressed warm when it's time to. So they said, you're wearing that in in the USO? Where's the USO going? To the Arctic? I said, yes. Ustonadesh. <laughs> so I had my jacket. 
we showed up. We, we flew directly. We did that show. Then we flew over to England. Then we took a two-hour ride to Cambridge. We got into the hotel, and we came down to have one of our meetings with the USO people. And everything kind of gets military. Mm. And this woman came up to me, small, not tall, very, you know, attractive, very serious. But you could tell she was serious, even though she had a big smile. Yeah. Now, if you remember, the USO told me when, when I was going to do this, that I couldn't tell people where we were going to be. Right. Because we were going to be with uh, Admiral Grady, mm-hmm. who's the vice chairman of the um, Joint Chiefs of Staff. Wow. Second most powerful military person in the country. Okay. Uh, we're going to be with him and with uh, Jack Crouch, who's the head of the USO, plus entertainers. Right. But what we really care about is Admiral Grady. All we care about is Admiral Grady. Mm-hmm. For this whole USO story, we don't care about anybody but Admiral Grady. Okay. I was told by the USO, don't mention where you're going to be. As you know, I mentioned where we were going to be. Definitely mentioned where we were going to be. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. And they said, you know, don't talk too much about this before it happens. You know, I talked a lot about it. We talked about it three episodes at least. Yeah. This woman came up to me. I won't give her name because she's, and she says, um, hi, Ben, nice to meet you. I said, nice to meet you. She gave her name, which I'm not going to give. And she said, I work with military intelligence. I said, really? I kind of giggled. Because <laughs> I have, how, how many people have you met in military intelligence? I don't, I've, she, said, she said, I work with Admiral Grady in Washington with military intelligence. I said, Okay. And then someone walked by and said something like, Major, you're not in uniform. Ah. She said, I'm just talking to the people now. Military intelligence could be in uniform. Ooh. Whatever the rank was that she had, it wasn't sergeant, no. which is the only rank I know. Mm-hmm. It was higher up. And she said, I'm in military intelligence. The next sentence she said, I've been listening to your podcast. <laughs> Maybe she still is. Hello. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to get to. <laughs> and I kind of froze, even though I had on my jacket. <laughs> and she said, then she started. Um, this conversation happened you were wearing your fancy jacket. <laughs> uh, she's in like a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in the lobby of a hotel dressed like Kenny of South Park. <laughs> I knew a guy who took aspirin every four hours yeah. his whole life. He was afraid of getting a headache. That's the way I am with cold and Kronka. <laughs> I wear a jacket. So she talks to me, and then she starts for her looks. She's a um, very conservative-looking woman, probably around 30, mm-hmm. plus or minus five. Mm-hmm. She starts swearing. You got no fucking problem, Penn. No fucking problems. I listened to you when you said USO is listening to me. And when I violate this non-disclosure agreement, I'll probably go into the brig. I guess I said something like that. She said, you're not fucking going anywhere. You're fine. I said, good. National security, military intelligence is listening to the podcast. She said, yeah, we had to check it out. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure she didn't mean it this way. 
Right. I'm positive she didn't mean it this way. But to me, it sounded like, sure is a nice house you have there. <laughs> be ashamed if it burned down. Children seem to be sleeping nice and safe at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you sure have that nice podcast there. Well, you say to the apopsy to your head, don't you? Well, you know, military intelligence sure enjoys it. <laughs> and then we got into a C-17. Okay. Now, Denny knew about C-17s. Right. I'm presenting Denny. He is perhaps the greatest person on earth. Right. Big Shapple Pies. You say something, he knows what it is. Yeah. I said, we're flying this uh, big plane. Like it's a huge plane, they told us. He said, C-17? I said, yeah. I guess he watches the Hitler Channel or something. <laughs> they do all the military stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really big. It's really big. Wow. I mean, I've been on big planes. I've yeah. been on planes that have two stories in the first class. Yeah. No comparison. This is a, this is your high school gymnasium with wings put on the side. <laughs> Really? Wow. They said this is the this is the very plane that had three hundred Afghanistanis run onto. Oh. We put a hundred and fifty parachuters in this and they jump out the back. The whole back comes down and they drive tanks onto there. Oh. And Denny said to me, It's gonna be loud and it's gonna be cold. <laughs> I said, Really? He said, Oh yeah, it's really loud. I said, well, planes are usually, <laughs> no. Wow. Right. And he said, really cold. You can't, you can't really um, heat that much space in yeah. the air. My high school gym had that problem as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine your high school gym. Yeah. 20,000 feet in the air. <laughs> no. Cold. Yeah. Cold. Loud. Yeah. As it falls to earth. <laughs> and then they had taken in a pallet. I'm learning these terms. Mm -hmm. And on the pallet were luxury chairs oh. that they just strapped down with military gear. <laughs> and that's where we sat. Really comfortable chairs in the middle of a flying high school gymnasium. Bizarre. With, I mean, like 30 feet up. Nothing. Just space above you. And then two, like, porta-potties in the front, like on stage. So when you went to the bathroom... That's, that was the whole, all the entertainment, you walking into the porta potty And then the entire side of the plane yeah. filled with people who were assisting us, cooks, stuff. And then Admiral Grady, who, as far as I can tell, works every instant. Really? Yeah. He did not sit down without going through uh, pieces of paper. Right. Going through stuff, you know? And I said to uh, the head of the USO, I said, um, wow, he's, he's really busy. And he went, yeah, there's stuff happening in the world now. <laughs> <laughs> Comma, you idiot, implied. <laughs> so you, you didn't think, you thought the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the United States of America in December of 2023 yeah. would be putting his feet up in Aruba. That's what you thought, right? <laughs> Um, so the USO is a really, really great thing. These are people, we went to places where, um, they will not get home for Christmas. Right. The Bob Hope pictures 
that we remember from the USO yeah. and the live shows. Well, this was different because there was no Anne Margaret. Right. I'm going to read you the list of people who are on this show. Okay. Justin Flom. Flom. His name is impossible to say. Flom, Flom, Flom. Yep. He's a, he's a magician. Mm-hmm. Dooley Hill, mm-hmm. who I worked with on um, West Wing. Mm-hmm. He's also on Sight, Suits, and he was in um, Black and Blue on Broadway. He's a tap dancer. Oh, nice. Brett Young. Okay. Who's a tall, very attractive, love song singing country guy. Fuck him. Nice. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> Keaton Simmons, who's playing guitar for Brett Young, who holds a guitar while he's singing his songs. I think there might have been an E chord plate, but it was really <laughs> mostly Keaton Simmons. Okay. Yeah. What do you notice about that list? Uh, there's no like uh, stereotypical like bombshell person. Right. Yeah. None. None. We had a stereotypical bombshell type person mm-hmm. who was named i'll get it i'll get it madeline kane okay. not madeline Kahn. no madeline kane who was dating um um davidson what's his name kenny davidson no no that's a local entertainer here in town no uh, pete davidson Pete davidson she was dating him which i guess means he just canceled all the stand-up shows for the month so she must be very good at what she yeah. does <laughs> she canceled uh, i don't know if it was when finding out about me but she canceled <laughs> She found out about you buying that coat. I was like, <laughs> I will not be upstaged. <laughs> well, you know, Lou Reed, I had a coat in New York. Yeah. I had a jacket that was um, rated to 40 below zero <laughs> that I wore in Manhattan. Yeah. Because for years, I wore just a leather jacket, no shirt. Yeah. And sneakers with no socks. And I froze all those times in New York City. Yeah. With the Ramones. I was hanging out with the Ramones. Yeah. They were all freezing all the time. I finally said, fuck it. And I bought this big, heavy jacket. And Lou Reed... No one has hated a jacket more than Lou Reed hated that jacket. <laughs> Lou Reed hated that jacket more than he hated Muzak. <laughs> more than he hated a hundred strings version of Walk on the Wild Side. He said, you know, we're going out to really hip places and I'm going with a guy dressed like a tree. You look like a tree. You're gigantic. It's a green jacket. He said, listen, I've got a designer in Japan who made all these clothes for me. They're leather. They look good. Let me get my designer to design you a wardrobe so we go out. It doesn't look like I'm with a fucking tree. I said, Lou, you're shivering. I'm a tree. (laughs) And Lou, for three years of his life, fought with me about that tree. I don't want to go out with you dressed like that tree. He'd call me up and say, hey, uh, Ben, I'm going to like the Rolling Stone party. You want to come along? Don't, don't, Don't dress like a tree. (laughs) Um, so we get to the first show we were jet lagged badly jet lagged we'd just done a show in boston now we're doing a show in cambridge we walk into an airplane hangar airplane hangar which is even bigger than the flying gymnasium okay Mm -hmm. there are in this airplane hangar four jets that look like you're not supposed to see them Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're like matte black and in, I'm probably giving away now national secrets. <laughs> <laughs> the door is going to open. We're recording this at my home because Ready Rich has COVID. They're not going to keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> You've already done your shows. <laughs> Military intelligence is going to keep listening. to this Right. Show. Yeah, no. They're not worried that I saw jets in a hangar and I'm going to talk about it. No. 
They, they have just found out that the one podcast Putin listens to. <laughs> I was about to try to do a Putin impersonation. Right. Saying, I'm going to take my shirt off, go in the room and listen to Penn Sunday School. <laughs> anyway, scary, scary jets. Yeah. There's like five of them in there. And then there's going to be a thousand people watching the show. Wow. And they're not pulling out the jets. It's not like, hey, dad, could you pull the, the car to the garage my band can practice? If no. If your license plate is, you know, such and such, can you please move your jet? Yeah. <laughs> and we're on the back of a flatbed truck. Yeah. And there's all these people dressed alike. Because <laughs> the military. And I see, I see, uh, I see, uh, I see Dooley Hill. Mm-hmm. And I go, we were on West Wing together. You know why I said that? Why? Because Glenn told me. Glenn said, go tell him you're on West Wing together. I said, were we? He said, go tell him you're on West Wing together and take a picture and send it to Lawrence O'Donnell. You're on the show that he wrote. I said, he didn't write it. I wrote it with him and didn't get crazy. He said, shut up and go over there and say to Dooley Hill, we were on West Wing together. And I did it. I took a picture, sent it to Lawrence. He went. He sent back immediately, West Wing reunion. Oh. It's very nice. Good job, Glenn. And then Justin Flom, mm-hmm. who really change your name, motherfucker. Just do it. <laughs> I'm positive he's listening. What's that? I'm positive he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Just change your name. He's there. Yeah. And he's talking about, he's a big like uh, YouTube, TikTok mm-hmm. magic sensation. He builds trap doors in his closets and drops his mother through them. Oh, wow. That's what he told me about. Okay. okay. Good. Dropping your mother through a trap door. Good for you, Justin. Yeah. That was an obscure Lou Reed song, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we went out and did this show. It's a really weird experience, man. So you're doing magic? Justin's doing magic as well? Yeah. And the country music. The Admiral Admiral likes magic very much. All right. So this was his dream show, he said. Oh, cool. Yeah. He said he he thought there was no chance Penn and Teller would do a USO show. If you'd asked me, I thought there was no chance Penn and Teller would do a USO show. But apparently, if you ask Glenn, there is a very good chance. <laughs> well, I got to send the Admiral my stuff because I, I, I think it's such a cool thing. It was really cool. And it was a thousand people, a lot of people. I don't know if it was a thousand, hundreds, certainly. You mic'd up? What's that? Oh, yeah, I mic'd up. And um, lights, blinding lights that didn't seem to accomplish what lights usually do. <laughs> uh, and Teller and I did like the uh, uh, donut trick. Yeah. I did stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the thing with the, 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 the rope in my ear, which I've just given away. Sorry, uh, military intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did the cups and balls once. We, then we ended with love ritual, right? Yeah. So everybody had cards and pen and teller cards. And then we would go out and pose for pictures with them. Which was weird because we didn't post pictures one on one. They brought up like 15 at a time and they all gathered around, yeah. took a picture. Because there were just too many people to get through. And they told me, no blasphemy. Don't you go saying, God damn. Okay. And, you know, we probably shouldn't do polyester because there's blasphemy. I said, okay. I said, you know, these people are people who can't get over Christmas. We don't want blasphemy. I said, okay. And then Justin Flom did the soldier's deck of cards unironically for an audience of soldiers. The ace reminds me there's one God. And, and I was just yeah, thinking, wow. Well, routine. 
Yeah. Separation of church and state. Yeah. I never saw him do it. Teller told me, he's doing the soldier's deck of cards on ironically, should we do the atheist deck of cards? And then they would come out, this guy, uh, Brett Young, mm-hmm. who's my height, in perfect shape, and very good looking. Uh-oh. He is a heartthrob for an audience of predominantly heterosexual men, I guess. Yeah. And he sings love songs. He talked a lot about Jesus Christ, our Lord. Wow. I think he did. But he sang like White Christmas, which I said to tell her, this is okay. It was written by a Jew. <laughs> um, they seem to have no compunctions about Christian religion being talked about. Right. And I didn't, I wasn't, it didn't bother me at all because overwhingly the people there are Christian, right? I suppose so. I overwhelmingly. Guess, I guess so. Overwhelmingly. But then a woman came up, a service person, right? She, full military garb, as they all were, came up to me and said, Ben, would you sign this book for me? And she handed me her copy, well-used copy, of God No, my atheist book. Awesome. And she said, you know, it's funny that they just mention Jesus Christ all the time, and God all the time, and you didn't say anything about it. And I felt such a wave of shame. Interesting. Such a wave of shame. But you were following directions. Yeah. Oh, I was going to be in Nuremberg. So you want to talk about just following orders in Nuremberg? Is that where you're going to go? Um, I realized that I had been thoughtless. Because there's an organization called uh, Atheists and Foxholes. Yes. Which is a military atheist organization. Yeah, yeah. And I should have said to Jack Crouch, head of the USO, hey, man. We're happy to do this. Could we have a special meet and greet for Penn and Teller with atheists and foxholes? Could you send out something? Mm-hmm. It would probably be like 10 people, you know, but I'd like that. And I didn't do that. And that's, that's thoughtless. And I feel really guilty about that. So we did these shows. We'd take a C-17 in between. We were treated very well. They were so respectful of my vegan needs. Oh, that's nice. Uh, weird shit. Like we had to give our suitcases to them the night before. Now, I need my suitcase in the morning. (laughs) And your toiletry bag. I like to brush my teeth. You're right. So you had to like. Want to put on some deodorant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's not military. I don't know. But I Teller didn't know why. He said maybe they were securing the bags or maybe they were sweeping them and checking them. That part is what I would think. Because Admiral Grady's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big deal. And then they said things like, we're going to meet, we're going to, um, what was the word? Rendezvous? No, not oh, rendezvous. Oh, I wish it was rendezvous. No, it's a better word than that. Oh. Uh, it was a real military word, like scramble. Okay. Like that, in the lobby at 0600. Oh. So there's no sleep. You know, I took a lot of pills. So I was higher than a fucking kite trying to sleep. I showed up my jacket. And I was pretty appropriate for most of the time. Uh, I didn't say anything too weird. Right. Nothing weird on stage. I just stuck to the script and did it. I even went out on stage and sang White Christmas with Brett. Wow. Yeah. I didn't have a mic. But I mean, standing there singing along. We're all on stage and posed with all the people in the audience. It was a pretty amazing experience. I have great misgivings 
and my misgivings are all about, I thought we were thanked too much. Mm. I mean, these are people that are away from home on Christmas doing military jobs in, in the Arctic. Greenery. Right. We go in and do a 25-minute show. We have snacks backstage. Yeah. And everybody talks about how great we are for showing up and how great we are for serving the country. I wasn't serving the country. Mm-hmm. If you asked me to do five 25-minute shows, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, sure. It's, it's just not a hardship. And there was a final dinner that really flipped me out. First of all, I was at the big table right. with uh, Admiral Grady and with uh, Brett Young and a lot of other people, like 10 people at a round. Mm-hmm. And they were all just talking about sports, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, Notre Dame, and that's a, that's a game, Notre Dame. Or it's, a, it's a college that plays f- yeah. college football. Yeah. Grady talk. For Golden Helmets. Yeah. And there's, oh, that become I, I left out like the most important guy, and I just forgot his name. He was the host of the whole thing. <laughs> he was the host of the whole thing. He's this big football star. Oh. And he was really, really nice. And I really liked him. And I left him off the list entirely. That's why they were talking about football. <laughs> he had he had enough rings. You get a Super Bowl ring? Yeah. They covered all five of his fingers. Oh. So he must have that that really narrows down the the teams he could have played for. Yeah. Vince Wilfork. Yeah, yeah. Vince Wilfork. You know Vince Wilfork? I do. He was a very good player. He was at the table. I didn't even mention him as the entertainment because he was the MC. Okay. But he was very, very good. Vince. But you'd be excited to meet Vince. I would be excited yeah. to meet Vince Wilfork. So it was uh, Brett Young, uh, Vince, and Wilf- me, and Admiral Grady were all at the final table. I don't be poker, but... <laughs> and um, they're, talking, they're talking sports. Also, boy, this shut me up. Uh, Admiral Grady says... We are a no B household. He has several children. Uh huh. I said, what? He said, no one's ever gotten a B in our house. We are exclusively A's. Ooh. And I went, I got a B once. <laughs> all the rest were D's. And everybody laughed like, ha ha ha, he's kidding. Right. You know, and they're all talking about college and stuff. And I'm going like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking at my plate of vegan food that doesn't match anyone else's at the table yeah and feeling really really left out and then admiral grady gets up this is in front of everybody that worked on it so there's probably this whole touring group was probably 50 people okay yeah all in this dining room in a hotel in nuremberg germany by the way i found the greatest thing in the world in nuremberg germany i found that they have a kind of seltzer Mm-hmm. with rhubarb juice and don't even look for it. you can't get it in the united states of america it's the reason to go to germany rhubarb juice seltzer yeah it's really good that sounds it has nice. a long name like volkswagen it's not, it's not volkswagen spritzer, it's not volkswagen spritzer it's like uh hoffen spritz <laughs> well let's go with that rugenhofen spritz yeah and i looked for it on amazon for like a half an hour yeah, yeah. i couldn't find anybody that would deliver rugenhagen spritz oh. to vegas Anyway, market. So we're in Nuremberg, and we're having this speech. And then I, I'm afraid I, I really feel bad about this. I feel like I was petulant, that I was weird, because um, first of all, when they were firing live ammunition, we had a day that we could fire tanks, mm-hmm. actually shoot tanks. Nate went and shot a tank. 
And they said, it's really far out and it's really muddy and you're going to get to shoot like rocket launchers and stuff. And I said, wow, I'm going to stay at the hotel. Is there anything like for us to do with like the troops? And they said, well, there's not a show. Turns out there was mingling, which I'm sorry I missed. I feel really guilty for that. Really guilty for not mingling. Because I was did okay. Although, wow, some of the people at mingling. Yeah. There's Vince, wow, is he a mingler. He's great at it. He would sit down at a table with all the troops sitting in the cafeteria and just, so what do you do? You ever play any ball? To everybody. They were, and I sat there going, so what do you do here? And they said, you know, I'm I'm in charge of IT. And I go, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> and they'd say, so, you know, you uh, you met Jimmy Fallon. And I'd say, yeah, and I'd have a story. But I wasn't good at it like Vince. And I wasn't good at it like uh, like Justin. I wasn't good at it like Dooley. Sure. Dooley was great. Everybody, I think really everybody's good except me. Okay. But I still did it. I showed up mm-hmm. and I would do it. And I... I said one thing that I think was out of line, and we were at a base in, in Germany. Right. And they said, um, this is where Elvis was stationed. And I said, oh, this is where the army got him addicted to amphetamines, where he fucked a 14-year-old, right? Right here. <laughs> that wasn't uh, in the fun fact category for anyone else. There's no plaque that said that. <laughs> but here's the part. I'm I'm ashamed of, right? So the Admiral gets up and gives us all a really nice, beautiful plaque with a picture. And there's so many gifts, so many gifts. Yeah. Uh, jackets with a zip out. I fucking hate that. And um, hats and, and cups and mugs. and Yeah. It's, they, they passed around something for all of us to sign. So we all have something signed by everyone. And it was beautifully done. And then uh, Justin, Justin Fulm gets up and... The Admiral tells a little story about him. Six days. Yeah. Six days. Five shows. Yeah. Six, maybe there were six shows, seven shows. Five days. Time in a bus in a C-17. Yeah. Where we didn't really talk to each other that much. Mm-hmm. And F- Justin said, this is one of the most amazing experiences of my life. We got to be here and I got to know all you people and it was really, really, and he tells this really stirring speech. And the Admiral goes, one of the most amazing groups of people I've ever worked with. And I'm sitting there going, I, I didn't fucking do anything. And then Dooley gets up and gives an even better speech, right? Mm. And they're all doing this stuff about how we're community and we're family and how this has bonded us together. And I sat on a bus in a jacket and went up and made a few jokes, you know? I didn't feel like we'd gone through anything. Well, it's interesting. I mean... First and foremost, you're, you're shortchanging what you and Teller have worked on over the years and, and what your work can mean to other people and that kind of stuff. Oh, no, I was happy about that. Right, right. I was, what I'm saying is I didn't feel, I mean, Justin and I did Wizard Wars together. Right. And we did a show together. Yeah, yeah. And I was glad to see him again. He does good magic. Now he's doing mostly painting, spray painting. You're not doing as much magic anymore. Right. The, you're not, when it comes to your performance career, and you and Teller both actually together are not the most sentimental people. No. For those kinds of things. And so uh, it does not surprise me that you wouldn't have felt the same thing that these guys were feeling, you know, or whatever. Because it's just it's just something that you guys have never, you guys have always, I think one of the things you guys pride yourself on is making your work work. That you guys yeah. go to work. Yeah. You do the work. 
and you go home. For situations like this, it may make you feel a little self-conscious, but for, for all the other times around it, you know, people always ask me, what's it like to work at Penn and Teller? I said, it's really awesome. There's no bullshit. You show up, you work for the amount of time you're supposed to work, and as soon as you're done, they say, I think we're done, and we're done. Like, there's no extra production to any element of working around you guys. And you know, we worked on Fool Us. Yeah. At the end of Fool Us, did Teller and I run up and hug you? No. But we were happy to work with you. No. I take, and you're I take a good pictures, friend of mine. And you guys go, oh, yes, it's the time at the end of the season where I take, we take pictures with people. Yeah. That's the feeling that's yeah. around it. You guys don't go like, another one in the can. Can you believe it? 140 episodes. Look at us go. Yeah. But also, how many people do you know that that, that gross you out by bragging about the, their resume to your face as entertainers and things like that? <laughs> for the most part, this is the thing. It's like, this is a, you've, you've just found the other edge of the sword for what you guys generally benefit from by being no-nonsense clock in clock out entertainers your whole production crew right do you guys do you guys hold holiday parties no and does your crew want you to have a holiday party no right <laughs> glenn would like to right and and there are plenty of people that love to be at holiday parties or love love to love the time of year well, it's, it's been parties. difficult for erin to adjust yeah she came from cirque over they to us always to a holiday party well they, they they go bowling yeah 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 and they'll go out every night after shows right none of that happens no so they were talking about also, how hard it was. We went through this, and I was going, this is really easy. And I didn't feel like I did anything. So then they get up and do these speeches, and then I get up, and I do the weirdest ass speech. <laughs> First of all, Admiral Grady tells a story about how this little girl brought me a card backstage about how she loved me. Yeah. A little girl. I mean, I, she was the uh, daughter of someone that, she was not a soldier. Yeah, yeah. But she's probably... Daughter of someone in the military. 13 or 14. Okay. She brought me a card that she'd made backstage. And I said, thanks, and took a picture with her. And then the admiral said, it was so amazing because you needed to use someone from the audience. And you looked at her and pointed at her and brought her up on stage. And that meant so much to her. And it showed so much about, you know, who you are. Mm. And I thought, uh -oh. well, no, I always pick someone from the audience and she was a good choice because i knew she'd be friendly and but i didn't say any of this no of course i just smiled and said yeah thanks it was, it was great and then it says well pam would you like to say a few words Ooh. and i said well i i learned i learned something i learned something important on this tour i learned that there are people there are people serving our country there are people who get up before 10 a.m and I said, I didn't even know that there were times that had a zero in front of them. <laughs> like when you said 0600, I had no idea that I was actually going to get up at 6 a.m. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> then I realized I was the only person who'd sworn the whole time. Right, right, right. And then I stood there and said, very weirdly, I said, you know, I'm really an outsider. Peace. And sat down, <laughs> which was really, really weird. And then military intelligence ran over and said, you're not an outsider at all. I said, they, they went to Notre Dame. I went to Clown College. You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. they all have these stories about football. I, I, I don't play football. I don't know. And then Teller got up and they told a story about him. And Teller said, yeah, sure was cold. So that's Pettit Teller being sentimental. And Teller could be afterwards and said, I was so upset 
when you said that because I was going to make the comment about getting up early. It's all I could think about <laughs> while they were talking was, wow, we really got up early. You know, I, that is hysterical. I, I think, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I, think, I think there has to be. But I want you to make this very, very clear. I'm not saying these other people didn't work hard. And then I'm not saying I wasn't thrilled to do shows for people who weren't going to get home for Christmas. Right, no, and, and you put significant effort in both, and for you guys both to take time out of your calendar, mm-hmm. it's significant, uh, and for you guys to do all the traveling and all the stuff you did, like you said, you guys normally don't get up before 10, all that stuff, you are putting in effort that you would never put in otherwise for the sake of our troops, you did do that, you don't feel the inclination, not even want, you don't feel the inclination to make that into a story, you don't want to make that a story about yourself. Yeah, I- you, yeah. you don't want to be like, uh, you know, tell and I put in all this effort. We clear our counters. We want to entertain the troops. That's something you just don't want those words to come out of your mouth. Also, that you could have. And this is so bullshit. What I'm about to say is total bullshit. I am aware that for the United States of America to exist the way it does, we probably, and I say probably, I won't go all the way. We probably need a military. Yeah. We probably do. And yet, when I saw young men and women showing us Hellfire missiles, I was scared and deeply, deeply sad. Well, that's a, yeah, and that's a different notion. I don't think you, you're alone in that. I think the idea of like taking a time to glorify the kind of weaponry that we have as toys for entertainment, I think can turn off but a certain sect. They didn't really do that. But that's what they talked about because that's what they did for a living. Right. They were working with people who are in war zones. And, 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 and you know, uh, you've, you give people a backstage tour, you might show them a couple of things that you're working on, yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, like that's, you're right. They're, they're, just, they're just bringing people Well, they worked work. really hard at this stuff. Yeah. They worked really hard. So I ended up, there's also this thing, you know, there's, there's many studies. No. I read a book once. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> that talked about how... Um, when you talk about people who are soldiers, yeah, they predominantly do not fight for an intellectual cause, yeah, or a religious cause, or a patriotic cause. Yeah. They primarily fight for their friends. Yeah. They trade in camaraderie. One of the things the military does is build camaraderie. Yeah. We're asking people to put their lives on the line. Mhm. I guess I can understand that. I did like being put in the same breath with that, which I guess no one was really doing. Yeah, I, you're right. As an entertainer, when you're looking at people who are dedicating really vital years of their lives mm-hmm. to... to uh, well, you're, you're saying, and I, I think this should be made explicit, yeah. that I am washed up and the years of my life I'm in right now are pretty much disposed. I guess what I'm asking, like, why don't you just stay? <laughs> Why? Why'd you even come back? Yeah. Why would I? Would, you're not missed here, Pen. Well, they are creating uh, very high stakes and complex situations that involve life and death mm-hmm. and protecting our country. And you put cups in our balls and take them away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for you to be like, I am so glad to be a part of this community. It feels silly. And I think part of that's about magic in general. 
in some ways it's the most honest, but it, but but it is, but it's blatantly like I'm lying and testing your your ability to take in reality, yeah, for fun, and everything I'm doing is a is a lie, yeah, like everything I'm pulling off is total bullshit. So when you're like, let me get up there and share this awesome story of camaraderie with you, it's and like, also I, I, I lied to you like I lied to people who traveled to Vegas. Just if you just were watching, okay, yeah. I think that uh, that uh, uh, Vince and Dooley and Brett and Justin after oh that's the other thing before the show we all get together backstage and they all go let's all put our hands in this is gonna be a great show and Teller and I go what are we what are we doing this is this is part of this is what you guys have always been uh, your own act yeah. Because foolers did the same thing. We all put our hands in for every show. Uh-huh. And when you work with large groups or whatever, there tend to be some kind of backstage group acknowledgement ritual or something like that. It's not necessarily a prayer circle, but there's usually right. some just acknowledgement that we're like, hey, we're all at different separate And then the after game. shows, I would notice as I walked off stage, other people pausing at the bottom of the stage and high-fiving each other. And I was just taking my tie off. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, there was like a lot of hugging, you know, we don't do that. No. We don't do that, you know, and um, also talking about how we became friends, and I, I liked all these people. They were all wonderful people. Yeah. But boy, I, I, I was still an outsider. Yeah. You know, and I didn't want to fire the tank, and I guess it's because of bullshit. Like, I want my country defended, like when I used to eat meat. Yeah. I don't want to go to a slaughterhouse. Right. I don't, I don't mean to, that, that, that's a bad choice, but you know what I mean? This is not completely analogous. Yeah. But uh, I, just weird. So I came home. Well, you're a, you're a pacifist and a peaceful person. I am a, uh, yes. So I don't imagine yeah. firing By the way, weaponry. after I made my little thing and ended with speech, I'm a uh, peace, I'm an outsider. Yeah. The military doctor came over and said to me, I'm a, absolute pacifist complete and i'm here yeah and i went i know all none of these people want to go to war none of them not right. one of them no. not one of the people that were there want to be fighting that that's the thing that you have to understand it's not like oh there's these militaristic people who are starting wars i mean all that time that admiral grady spent with all that paperwork yeah that that was not him trying to start a war no, no, no. That was him trying to save as many lives as he could. Right. Yeah. So I just want to say I didn't fit in. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still processing the mixed feelings you have about it. Yeah. Not, I have no mixed feelings about what they were doing. Right. I have no mixed feelings about seeing the, uh, the troops. And some people, uh, it meant something to them that they were meeting me. And I, I know that's silly, but it did. You talked about this before with even like, you know, you've had make a wish. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's the worst. Why are you bringing that up? <laughs> well, that's right. Someone who's fucking dying and they want to meet me. Yeah. And all I want to say to them, and I do say to them is, why don't you pick something good? <laughs> and that's basically what you couldn't do here. You could be like, right. why, don't you, why don't you fly out someone good to entertain them? <laughs> Because uh, it would have reflected on the other people who were there. With right, you. exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Vince, yeah. just being in a room with Vince yeah. was life-changing for those people. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, the admiral apologized to him because the admiral had asked him to show his rings. Mm-hmm. And then the admiral said to him, which was kind of a beautiful moment, he said, I realize you didn't have to show the rings. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he brought the rings with him. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's good for Vince. And that's the kind of thing, right? You could, you could be like, I don't know if I want you to bring my rings. It might be, it might be bragging, blah, blah, blah. Then, of course, they want to see the rings, yeah. you know. And there's very I was few, wearing my rings, by the way, too. They didn't ask. No, no, one, no asked. one asked to even see them. <laughs> <laughs> you should have played with Tom Brady. Oh, they also, I want to tell this other thing. We uh, got to see a, uh, a Black Hawk fighter helicopter. Ooh. And they thought it would be great to get a picture of us in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. I'm old. Mm-hmm. Teller's old. And um, I'm big. Yeah. It took four adult military men in perfect shape to essentially lift me up and put me in the seat of Black Hawk helicopter, and then I couldn't get out. And then one of them said, the greatest accomplishment of my life was lifting you into that helicopter. (laughs) And I couldn't get out to the point that I was a little panicked. I'm going to be stuck in a Black Hawk helicopter. (laughs) And what if all of a sudden this Black Hawk helicopter has to go save some lives? Yeah. Am I going to be in this seat? Wouldn't they rather have a <laughs> pilot? Um, getting out was scary. I couldn't move. I couldn't use. You know, you try to find an excuse, right? Because mm-hmm. the truth is, I'm old, I'm fat, and I'm weak. And you want to say all of those things so that it looks like you're humble. Yeah. Then you want to add to that, well, I'm also really tall. Yeah, yeah. The guy who normally sits in that seat, yeah. the guy whose helmet I was wearing, three quarters of an inch taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring up the height thing, but uh, the no go, huh? No. These were just, we couldn't get in and out of the Blackhawk helicopter. They put me in other military stuff, and um, you know, Nate fired the tank as that it was a big deal, you know? And we watched the helicopters come in and pick up. They did demonstrations to us, you know, yeah. minesweepers and all this stuff. And it was, um, it was, it was, uh, I don't know. When I see a Black Hawk helicopter, my emotions are very powerful and very mixed. Yeah. You know, I mean, we know that having more of those would save a lot of lives. Yeah. And I also know that I wish they never were used. But what the fuck does it mean that I wish they never were used? I also wish there wasn't pancreatic cancer. What the fuck could have I done saying that? Right. You know, and me saying I don't want there to be war is exactly as insightful and strong as me saying I wish there weren't cancer. Yeah. I'm not doing anything about it. Anyway, so it was a complicated experience. And if military intelligence is listening... Thank you so much for having us on the USO, because as much as the Admiral was surprised that Penn and Teller would do a USO tour, he was less surprised than we were for being asked. <laughs> you know, well, we, we were never asked before. And I said that to the Admiral, and he said, well, no one would ever consider you would do it. You know, because, right. uh, you know, we, 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 we left from a show. Yeah. And came right back to shows. Right. Also, everyone that shakes your hand yeah. has a medal in it. 
you know, they give you these coins. Challenge coins. Yeah. Yes. I have a lot of challenge coins. That's a big compliment. That's a I big know. deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. We've had a few ice cream social listeners, a few people have sent us and given us challenge coins. Yeah. It's a big deal. It is. And uh, it's all of this was uh, was an honor. We've got a big medal that has Bob Hope on it. That's awesome. I would prefer if it was Joy Heatherton. <laughs> they're not minting as many of those, I don't think. Well, yeah, they didn't mint many of those. And I don't know. It was so strange. It was just all very strange. I was hoping it'd be a little bit like the um, Apocalypse Now Redux, where I would be like um, like Bill Graham in the helicopter with the five Playboy bunnies. <laughs> and, you know, Charlie's idea of R&R is wrap meat and some cold rice. Um, it was not like that. Um, and it was... Uh, but the shows went well. Shows, I think people liked us. Yeah. I would not, you know, on my deathbed, I will not say these are the best shows of my life. Right. Uh, you have this feeling. There's a line that I think it was Jay Marshall had mm-hmm. where he said, um, you know, this is such a great response. I wish I had a better act. Uh, <laughs> and I had that feeling several times. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the people are enjoying this show so much. I wish I were better. I don't. Th- I think. I mean. I. You are. Yeah. I think you can shake that off. And uh, you know. And White Christmas was a weird choice. You know, <laughs> a rainy night in Beverly Hills. That's the first line of it. You know the the preamble. <laughs> right, right. They didn't do the preamble. No, no, no. But I couldn't help think of it. Yeah. And you know, um, rainy night in Beverly Hills, and I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know, and. These are people that, well, they are dreaming of a white Christmas, I suppose. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're a you're an expression of gratitude from the higher-ups of the military to the people serving the military. You are the Christmas card. You're the thank you. Yeah. Bringing you out from Las Vegas, taking a break from your Vegas show to make sure you can entertain troops and, and, and people stationed outside the United States is a way for the higher-ups to, to tell the people that are stuck there on Christmas that we're thinking about you. But let me ask you this. If you took all the money... It was spent. Mm-hmm. C-17s, cooks, all that, buses. All those mugs and took hats. Took all that money, divided it up equally between the people that saw the show yeah. and said, here's your choice. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the problem is, um, you summed it up, neither Teller nor I, and Teller worse than me, right. uh, is sentimental at all. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm not. I'm not. No, I remember, like, we were back when we were brainstorming for season of Fool Us or whatever. Uh, McBride was in the room. Honda was in the room. I remember coming up with an idea because McBride had, had a, a different kind of torn and restored trick. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, your 50th anniversary is coming up. You guys should just do that with like all your different accomplishments and different moments, and tear up like different yeah. articles and then make it into this giant restored. Penn and Teller thing. And everyone in the was like, oh. and you and Teller just looked stone-faced at me. <laughs> <laughs> Even after a glimpse, I was like, it's a good idea. And I said, they just don't want to do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, they just don't uh, want to do that. And whatever. And I just, it, it was as if I pitched you guys like sponge bunnies. Like, it was just nothing. It wasn't even bad or good. You're just like, hmm. Next idea. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I think that's just part of the deal. But I think it's what, when people say like, oh my gosh, you guys have been together for so long. How's that? Well, th- that's, that's how it is. That's, that's part of why you guys are together. That's, that's why you're not the Eagles, <laughs> uh, you know, or, or, or famously fighting like the Rolling Stones, even though they are together, but they have so many famous fights and falling outs. And yeah, because there's, not, there's a dark side to that. Yeah. Because if you fall in love, you can fall out of love. Yeah. And you guys just, that's just not your deal. We just, yeah. Yeah. So I think just allow yourself to be the, the greeting card that was open from the, from the higher-ups to the people who work below them. And, and I can still be an outsider. Yes. There's no doubt you left there still an outsider. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Penn Sunday School brought to you, brought to you, brought to you by the wonderful people at Masterclass. Yes. They've got, a, they've got a wonderful deal here. Buy Masterclass for someone. Uh, it's still the holiday season. Buy one annual membership. Get one free at masterclass.com slash Pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. Offer terms apply. That was Pen Sunday School. That was Pen Sunday School. Cha cha cha. And to you become naked. I hope, I hope that military intelligence doesn't come to my house and. <laughs> Lock me up for I'm living in Russia with Snowden because <laughs> I did a podcast, right? You're gonna bring the thank there, uh, Matt is my name, Matt. <laughs> yeah, see, you still remember all those years, so unsentimental. I'm going to thank the following people who support us over on Patreon. Uh, these people, as well as all of our supporters, get access to all the photos Penn just sent me from his uh, time at the USO. So you can see the jacket, the helicopter, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you want to see the photos of Penn, think about signing up for Patreon, patreon.com slash Penn. I want to thank Colin Durham, Susie Felber, Lancy Minshew, Harlan Liam Clark, Michelle Yeiser, Brogan Hastings, Placida Scott, Damian Martin, Garth Reynolds, Adam Luth's Red Random, and he loved it. Timo Tihoff, Mark Pickenheim, Terry, Scott Kelly, Kirk Barrett, Adam Berzins, Carlos Alvarez, Nicholas Emerson, Michael Cornwall, Rob Alagar, Ross Devereaux, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bacher, Michael Torbay, Ilan Lee, Jeff Loomis, Jacob McCauley, Nicole Martin, Music Man, Keith Kornig, No Thank You Daddy, Rachel Hawkins, Jake Schneider, Pete Hoke, Kelly McCauley, Corey Mitchell, Robin Garnett, UpturnCoach.com, Turn Up Your Profit, Not Your Budget, Love Julie, Lynn, and Tom, Obi Dimitrian Jr., Jeremy R22, Winter Rierkowski, Kristen Kladick, Hadi Wabi, Michael Cohen, Quiet Numbskulls on Broadcasting, Dr. Scoop Little, Jeremiah Jenkins, Piff the Magic Dragon, buy the book at PiffTheMagicDragon.com, Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olwine, but wait, there's more. Stephen Volcano, Jim the Magician who you know. I don't know if he cut his name short or whether I cut his name short, but it's abbreviated right now on my page. I'll look into it. But he wants to perform the block trick naked. That's what I remember. Scooped Mids and Paul McBride. Always finally Paul McBride. Thank you all so much. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out 
everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 